You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to opening up discussions that most men aren't having, but you certainly don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. You can find more information about the Real Men Feel movement at realmenfeel.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. This is a weekly program and your comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. We are very glad that you're joining us for our, can you believe it, 62nd episode of this fine program. I am your host, Andy Grant. I'm a transformational energy coach, author, speaker, and I actually seem to be falling apart since our last episode. I have a, a wrist, I have a sprained right wrist, then I have a torn muscle in my left arm. I have poison ivy from my knees to my neck. And if left to my own miserable devices, I would have blown this show off. I honestly would have. I've been uh, hiding in bed and watching way too much TV and just feeling gross. But but luckily, I'm not left to my own moodiness. I have the all-powerful, ever-smiling Mr. Apio Hunter as my co-host. Hey, hey, Andy. Man, when I saw everything that was happening, I'm like, dude, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely holding lots of space for you so you can feel good. Yeah. You know, I, I began this year, I, I keep saying, you know, I'm, I'm willing to let go of all that does not serve me. But then as limbs start to go and my skin erupts, I'm like, mm, maybe I'm asking for the wrong things here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, your skin could serve you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm very glad that we're talking about something different than me falling apart. It makes a much more entertaining program tonight. We, our guest tonight is speaker, author, and coach, Reverend Jody Bailey, joining us to talk about intimacy and men's challenges to intimacy. So welcome, Reverend Jody. Thank you, Andy, and thank you, Apio. I'm excited to be here tonight. Awesome, awesome. Now, we, we were uh, talking a little bit before the show about how to introduce yourself, and you have a number of different ways to refer to yourself, and joking that they're not all kind of caught on. Um, so sometimes, you, and we joked about, you know, if you call yourself a sex coach, people think that you're giving play-by-play and telling what goes where in the bedroom kind of stuff, right? <laughs> but you prefer uh, the term a sexologist? Well, that probably is the most understandable. <laughs> so what, what would a sexologist be? Well, um, certainly I can help people with the basics about intimacy and sexuality. Um, but one of the things that people don't realize is that our sex energy is at the core of everything we are. And so it does affect our health, wealth, and happiness. So I like to help people make sure that they have a healthy sex energy. And that way, um, you know, they can, they can help heal um, traumas, um, 
health, um, a lot of different things. So my focus is more on the healing aspect. Cool. So, so let's dive right in because I hear this term a lot and, uh, and the term is intimacy. And sometimes I think, well, intimacy is code for sex or it means, you know, but you can have sex without intimacy and then it's just like going through the numbers. You're just like exercising with somebody. <laughs> but uh, so, so what, what does intimacy mean to you and in your work? Well, you know, intimacy tends to scare people, and I don't want that to happen. Intimacy is as simple as, you know, when my grandson is sitting on my lap and we're reading a book together, um, when I'm with a friend and we're in a very deep conversation and we're very present. Um, when I meet a new person and we both enjoy hugs and so we exchange a hug for the first time, all of that is intimacy. Cool. So, so it definitely is not only a, a sexual issue. It, it, is it, so is it more the, uh, the feeling of connection in any way with another human being? So that's absolutely what it is. And we shouldn't actually intertwine sex and intimacy um, because they're exclusive. You can have intimacy without sex and sex without intimacy, or you can combine them. <laughs> so, and so what are the, some of the common blocks that, that you've encountered in men to, to intimacy, be, be it uh, sexual intimacy or just feeling intimacy? The biggest block, unfortunately, is social conditioning. Men are told that they can't feel intimacy, um, that they're not supposed to desire intimacy, um, which is really unfortunate because that tends to be the majority of the people that um, take advantage of my services are men that are really starved for intimacy. You know, Jody, when, when you and I have talked in the past, we have had that conversation about the social conditioning and uh, the hang-ups that people have, is particularly men, that they have about the whole intimacy and so forth. And they seem to have even more issues. I mean, they already have their hang-ups when you're talking about just the word intimacy. There's a lot of emotional baggage that's associated with that. In, and, you know, they oftentimes have that challenge uh, relating to women in, because of that, but sometimes there's, there's even more of a challenge with them being able to relate to each other if you bring on that word, intimacy involved. And when, when you're talking about just having an intimate conversation with a friend, it's like, oh my God, no, oh no, homo type stuff. And have you mm -hmm. encountered that frequently in, 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 you know, your, with your clients and the men who come to you? Absolutely. And I see um, change happening right now. Mm -hmm. it's, it used to be joked about a lot. The bromance was considered, you know, a way for men to kind of jab each other. But that's really becoming um, an in thing for men to be allowed to have intimate relationships without e with, uh, with each other, excuse me. 
Um, and it doesn't have to have any kind of social stigma to it. It's just a closeness between men, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean they're gay. It doesn't mean that they're, they're anything other than two human beings wanting to relate. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know, at least in the Latin culture anyway, there's you no know, lots of hang ups of, you know, between between men and men, yet at the same time, they can be found like just being at least in, here in the United States, we would you know, interpret it to be, you know, that physical closeness with each other could be like, oh, it's like it's like a you know, more than just a bromance thing or whatever. And in other cultures as well, like for instance in Africa and the Middle East, I've seen that as well, where men will walk, you know, down the road hand in hand with each other and it's not sexual at all they are you know they're basically sharing that deep you know that deep appreciation that they have for each other so on that note i mean have you have you dealt with people from other cultures or the people that you usually work with are exclusively from the united states that seem to have those issues um have, have you encountered other points of view from other men from Besides, you know, what we see the opening up right now in our culture as far as the whole bromance thing. Well, most of my um, exposure has been within um, um, people within the United States and, mm -hmm. and um, directly working with people also in the UK. Um, I do get a lot of feedback um, from people in other countries, but I've never had anything specifically about the relationships between men. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, in all honesty, um, I tend to say I don't care what any people, anyone thinks anyway. I think men should be okay with having an intimate relationship between each other. It does not have to mean sex, and that's where we need to break that, that thought process that sex is related to anything intimate. How, how do men that, that come to you or that you meet or anyway kind of identify and recognize in themselves that there's an intimacy problem? Well, first off, I want to say this is where um, a person really shows um, themselves to be ready to move towards any next step. Um, and to attract um, other people, whether it be for a romantic relationship or a friendship or whatever. Authenticity is beautiful. Love that. So when a person can just fully open up and say, this is who I am, and be vulnerable, that is just attractive in anything. <laughs> oh, so so real men feels been an intimate program all this time without us realizing it, Apio. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, and it, it's funny that the the bromance is. I mean, I've kind of heard the term coming out of almost reality TV and things like that. But you know, it was always in sports and in competition that men were allowed and encouraged. You could touch each other and you could hug each other after a win and pat the fanny and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, not in corporate America. Not walking down the street. But it does seem to be giving, you know, there's a little bit more softening there about the social conditioning. Are you, are you seeing that more and more? Or do you think, or, or do you find that men are getting even more uptight? 
No, I think it's becoming more acceptable. Um, maybe that's just because of my social circles, but um, I do belong to a lot of groups that are um, a lot more open. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, there's uh, basically a body appreciation group. And it's where people are just allowed to kind of shed their, um, their fears and such about their body and, and be able to love themselves and, be, and get a healthy body image. Well, there's no thought to a man complimenting another man on some part of his physique. It's beautiful and it's totally accepted in the group. Hmm. You know, that reminds me of an episode I remember seeing one time on, I forget the name of the show, but it was on Viceland. And it was an episode where this person actually went to um, the biggest gathering of bears, you know, the this the gay subculture and you know this there's a straight guy who goes to this big big giant gathering in provincetown massachusetts and one of the things that he experienced because a lot of especially in the that particular subculture of of the gay male community is there's a lot of hang-ups about that body image that you know the fear of you know will i be rejected and he ended up going to a group very similar to the one that you were talking about the body appreciation group and, and he came out of that and he said, you know what? That was probably one of the most intimate, loving experiences I've ever had. And there's no sex involved. <laughs> and it was amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've never heard it's, of it. Um, you know, I really... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. We have a delay. I really am amazed at the beauty of what goes on when um, people can um, shed the clothes, basically. And I mean that actually, but, that, you know, metaphorically as well, when they can just shed that stuff and just be able to have an appreciation for each other and not have um, any worries about um, judgment or social expectations, um, or, or you know, se sexual uh, attraction. I mean, that's uh, setting. Um, I guess setting a, a boundary up of saying, okay, this is non-sexual here. We can just be who we are and be in the space. It's really beautiful. Um, but I, I want to say on that note because you were talking about this men go into this retreat. This was. Mm -hmm. I see um, more pain in men with body image issues, and they don't have a place to talk about that. And it, it's really kind of an ugly thing, I think, because there shouldn't be any place where both men and women can't feel safe and be authentic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you found that being because men don't have a place, they don't have any sort of like a safe space where they can talk about their body issue, you know, and body image challenges and, and issues, that, that is a, that's probably one of the biggest causes of, of um, emotional aloofness, lack of intimacy. 
I absolutely think it's a big contributor. Um, that's why I was so excited to be on this show today because I think you guys allow for a space for men to be authentic and be vulnerable. And truly for any real woman, those things are endearing. Hmm. I hear that a lot. You know, I hear that, you know, women find a man who can truly just appreciate himself, all of his imperfections. Like you said, authentic, being authentic. That is one of the most attractive things that 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 can be there. Not their manliness, not their you know the car they drive or you know the type of cologne they wear. Although that can be a factor as well. But just it's the showing up and being authentic. Yeah, it <laughs> makes the cologne smell better. Yeah, the the clothing, the cologne, the cars. Those are all can be for some people part of the mask that they hide mm -hmm. behind. Mm -hmm. But I get, I, I get, I'm sure there must be the authentic car for every person to drive. You know. And, and an authentic cologne as well, right? <laughs> well, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, you know, um, I think, well, and again, it may go um, to my social circles, but, you know, I know a lot of women um, that I surround myself when someone starts to um, create this false idea of who they are or put up this image, um, a lot of people just kind of turn and really don't show any interest in them. And so, and then you find this guy that he, um, you know, is just being who he is and he doesn't put up any pretenses and he doesn't apologize for anything. That's the one that the great women are surrounding. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's not a, not a false macho and bravado, but an authentic comfortableness in, in that man's own skin. Yes. Well, and it's the same for women, too. I mean, when you just show up as your authentic self, then people um, will just allow you to be. I'm kind of known for just saying things that a lot of people won't say, um, but I just say, hey, that's me, I'm showing up, and I don't care if you like it or not, and either they do or they don't. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, you should bring that up, Joda, because I remember the very first time that you and I met, that's exactly what you did. It's like, I'm just going to show up and say it, and I make absolutely no apologies for it whatsoever. And I just immediately, immediately, it's like, okay, I got to hang out with Jody a little bit more because, you know, that just, that just, I, I loved that. That was the first thing that just that really impressed me about you. When you first met. <laughs> well, you know, I, I try to, um, I guess make myself space appropriate, but I'm all, not always good about that. Um, especially this month, um, it is National Masturbation Month, so I pretty much end up every conversation with telling people that remember, good things come to those that masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And we should clarify that May is National Masturbation <laughs> Month in case whenever someone might be listening, but 
but don't let that stop you if it's not me. That, yeah. <laughs> so we're ending this month with <laughs> no pun partially intended with a bang. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so that actually brings up an interesting question with regards to the whole intimacy thing. Um, obviously, you know, we want to emphasize and stress the fact that, you know, intimacy in its purest form is totally non-sexual. But if you want to bring mm-hmm. in intimacy and the sexual and, you know, and the sexuality and the intimacy, and if you want to have those together, how does that apply to masturbation? Well, you know, it's beautiful that you brought this up because um, one of the things that's hardest with anyone in a relationship is to love themselves first. So my big focus for this month has been self-love. And so every day I've been giving people tips on masturbation but all of them are really about learning to love oneself and to explore oneself and our own bodies and to appreciate everything about us. Um, One of the most beautiful exercises that, it's not masturbation, but it's a great exercise in self-love and it really hits um, that vulnerability spot for people. But it's standing them near naked and look at every single part of your body and love that part. You know, why do I love my forehead? (laughs) Why do I love my pinky finger? Um, And when you can do that and spend time with yourself and learn to love your whole body, um, that's usually where a lot of our shame comes from is our bodies themselves. And so we can, when we start the self-love with our own body, then that can exude out to loving ourselves in other ways, in our intellect, in our, you know, in how we show up socially. But it starts with the body first. Yeah. You know, I believe that you were the one who actually originally taught me that. You know, um, this was probably about a year or so ago. I remember you mentioning that particular exercise. It always stuck with me. And I remember the first time I tried that, it was hard. It was really, really tough. I mean, I could look myself in the eye and say, I love you and sincerely and genuinely mean it. But when I was standing in front of the mirror, completely naked, looking at all of me, and realizing there's lots of there's lots of parts of me that I don't necessarily like and I'm not happy with. It was I had it, it was hard. It was really really hard. Even now I can do it a lot much more easily now. But oh, holy cow! It was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Well, it is hard, and that's why when you can go through that exercise. And you can really start to love your body and see that as part of your wholeness, then that can exude to the intimacy in other areas, you know, with, with um, just innocuous relationships to an actual sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you find that, do, do body shaming issues 
kind of start with someone else's judgment of ourselves or to start with our own judgment of ourselves? Well, I definitely think that it comes more from the outside. Um, there are some that have some actual um, issues to where, like um, body dysmorphia, where they don't see themselves as other people see them. But that's not the case for the majority of people. Most of it comes from the media and from what other people say. I mean, I had somebody um, yesterday just say that I needed to update my profile picture. Now, that doesn't seem like um, much, but think about that on a on a daily basis where somebody was continuously telling you you're not quite right you're not quite right you don't fit this you don't fit that and we're bombarded by that every day and so it wears on us um, we don't wear the right clothes we don't have our hair done the right way all of that crap that we see in the media um, we, we take that on. Even, um, even some of the most healthy people can take on those little things a little bit at a time because they're so subtle. So it's, if, if we all, if, like if it started at a young age and everyone got naked in front of the mirror and praised every part of them as they were growing up, it's uh, ideally then a, a different message from the media, a different message from someone you meet, your own happy, positive self-judgment wouldn't be overshadowed by anybody else's. I, th I, I think that's the ideal place for us all. You know, I, if we could actually do that, ideally, I think it would be beautiful. I love the teachings of Osho. He believes that children should remain naked as long as possible. Because then they don't have hang-ups with sexuality and body image. All of that's normal to them. They see all kinds of different people and the beauty of the differences in everyone. And that just becomes a day-to-day -day norm for them. I really, really love that. In fact, um, it's interesting because if you really look at cultures that are unplugged, that seems to be quite a common thing almost. Where where children and it's almost like a natural thing for children. I, in fact, I remember my grandson. You know, it's like trying to. You know, he 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 hated clothes. I mean, he just wanted to just you know, take them <laughs> off all the time, and it was the most natural thing in the world. And you know, when the household where there are so many different people around all the time, unfortunately, because of the cultural norms, if you will, that we had, you know, we were like trying to encourage him. You know, it's like when well, no, when you go out into certain rooms or certain areas you do need to be dressed but it's funny because I always was I always felt like it'd be just nice it should just let it you know let it be let it go you know don't worry about it it's mm -hmm. the uh, the societies that have had the societies that had the most like hang-ups and like the Puritan ethic and and looking back through history, all the different layers of undergarments making it hiding the body even more and more and more than indigenous people and tribes, right? So our, our hangups really do show up. But it's kind of like when your parents say no, 
you have to, you know, you have to touch the stove. You have to open the present, you know, you, you have to find out what that forbidden thing is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you just leave it out there and you can appreciate it and accept that as part of the norm, then it doesn't become a shameful thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's a question for you with regard, and this is not necessarily a question that's meant as a criticism of, of religion or, 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 or dogmatic approaches to life, but have you found, particularly where we live here in Salt Lake City and perhaps other communities that are very deeply, deeply conservative or dogmatic, that those body shaming issues tend to be more prevalent than else than in other areas? Again, taking into consideration the people that you work with and maybe excluding your social circles. Have you found that to, to be a common thing? Well, I definitely do think it adds a layer to it Uh because we already have um, the society-imposed shame and expectations, and then we add to it the religious layer, and, you know, we can keep adding layers and layers and layers Mm -hmm. that will just uh, magnify that. So, yes, I definitely think it's just another layer of shame of, of, you know, not accepting ourselves as who we are. Right, right. So, so how, huh, I guess the question that comes to my mind is, how do, how, what are the dynamics that you've observed and that you would love to speak to with regards to the whole men and intimacy, with regards to everything that we just brought up with regard to shame, body image, all of that, because I get a really, really strong sense that that is something that you are so, so passionate about. I know you've hinted at it in past conversations that we've had. I would love to have you just let loose right now on on that and just let it go, let it all out. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, certainly I'm, I'm a woman, and so I'm a proponent for women's issues. We have um, a more complicated body composition, but I, I'm one that I am not going to brush men aside uh, because I think that we are starving ourselves as women by starving men. And, you know, I want that to come out to where we can appreciate everything about men. There's actually studies on um, men's bodies on, and what women tend to be more attracted to. And, you know, everybody has their own preferences. But the thing that society will teach us, you know, we really got to fix is the dad body. Well, the funny thing is, is more women are attracted to the dad body than they are the other kinds of body types. How interesting. (laughs) I think so. You know, the dad body is sexy. (laughs) All bodies are sexy for that matter. True, true, yeah. (laughs) 
But I think we spend so much time in telling men that they they have to feel um, this rock hard way and they have to look this rock hard way instead of just showing a love and appreciation for who they are and who their authentic self is. Um, the most um, the most intimate um, relationships that I have with men are generally in conversation to where they just will open up and they'll be real and we make a real heart connection um, just because well I think maybe I'm good at allowing that space to happen but when they can show me who they really are that just creates an intimacy that just can't be compared and is that really the, the first step to someone recognizes they, they don't have the intimate connections with other people that they desire or even with themselves? Is it just beginning with conversation, being, being willing to, to speak their mind, to share themselves? Is, is that the beginning of the, of the process to allowing more intimacy? Well, I think that's a good part of the process. Um, I just want to reiterate the um, the body love. You know, like Althea said, that exercise that I talked about of looking in the mirror, that is really a difficult exercise. And it does get you into the space of loving all of yourself. And you do have to create that intimacy with yourself before you can create that intimacy for other people. Um, but then, um, you know, when you do look to creating that intimacy with others in just simple interactions, you know, just a hug where you just hold on just a little bit longer, where you make a connection a little bit longer. In fact, I would challenge people to actually, next time you go hug somebody, do a heart hug. Mm. Heart hug, you know, we tend to we tend to go to the right and then we stick out our butts. Okay. Now a hard hug is instead where you go to the left, you make a heart connection, and then you connect your stomachs as well. Um, our stomachs are where we host our vulnerability. And when you can make that kind of connection with a person, there's, it makes people a little bit nervous at first, but you open up a place for a new kind of intimate connection that um, is really innocuous. There's no harm in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love those heart hugs. And, you know, it's amazing mm -hmm. how so many people that you and I know both, but, you know, strangers nowadays, they start to go to the right, I go to the left. <laughs> I kind of almost force it. I'm <laughs> realizing I do, you know, the, the heart hug and, and let the, the hearts touch so that they can feel mm -hmm. that, that, that I'm, genuine love. I've, I've heard of the, the heart hug and we, Lori and I teach it at workshops that we do as well, but I never took it further to realize, oh wait, the rest of your chakras are lining up as well too. So yeah. thanks for pointing out. So really down to the sacral, down to our emotional base. That's cool. Absolutely. Well, I mean, okay, think about if you picture going into a therapist's office, 
they have pillows on the couch. So what does a person do? They grab a pillow and they put it across their stomach. They're protecting themselves. <laughs> and so you can, you can make that kind of connection all the way to your stomach. Then you can create a more intimate bond with someone else. Isn't that fascinating? And, and, you know, it's interesting because one of the, I, I mean, I've been to lots of psychotherapy myself. I have such great love and respect for the science behind psychology and psychotherapy and so forth. And yet there seems to be almost like a, a fear there of being able to create an intimate connection because, you know, you know, you have to maintain your distance or whatever. Hence the pillows. I never even thought about that before. Right. Okay. So it is. We do get lots of opportunities to put up these barriers. And I hate to call it an opportunity because that sounds like it's a positive thing when it's really not. Mm -hmm. But there's so many things out there that um, give us an easy way to create these barriers instead of being able to open ourselves up and instead of barriers, create boundaries. Now, barriers are not a good thing. Boundaries are a wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that distinction. I love that distinction because it's so, so true. I mean, barriers just keep us all separated from each other, but boundaries, all it is, it's like, okay, you know what, I can invite you here or don't, please don't step over it. But there's no, there's no barrier that's actually there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, you know, on the note of boundaries, that is an important thing to consider in intimacy as well. And this comes with authenticity as well, is when you clearly establish a boundary with a person um, number one it creates a space where you can um, command respect for yourself but I think it also leads to that person to respecting you more because they know where you stand um, and, and it's okay to push boundaries of course we all should but we gotta be willing to say no and stick with that no and expect people to honor that no and when we know that our boundaries can be um, respected it does allow us to open up to intimacy much much more so how do you deal with how do you recognize if someone has an intimacy problem or if they have boundaries that maybe don't match yours like you know i know people that just say they don't like to be hugged they just they say they don't like it they know don't Talk about a hang-up, they don't feel horrible about it, but they just don't like to be touched. So is that an intimacy issue or is that just something else? Well, that can be a lot of different things. Um, you know, some people have an actual um, reason why they don't like to be touched. Um, but if you, if you look to um, what they're doing, like in the NICU unit, um, these babies are being held right from the very beginning because 
um, they find that if babies don't get this intimate touch, then they can die. Um, but babies that do have that on a consistent basis will thrive. Now, I think that there may be a small amount of individuals that really do have um, issues with touch, and that can stem from a lot of things. But I think a lot of it just comes from people not being allowed a safe space to where they can accept physical touch. Um, you know, and sometimes you gotta respect people's boundaries, but you know, if you give them a safe space, you may find that those boundaries are pushed. Yeah, yeah. And do, do people, do we all create barriers because of a fear of intimacy? Is, is there a fear of being so intimate that, you know, it's the, the risk of getting hurt is, is kind of what, our, our, what we're trying to keep from happening? Absolutely. Um, you know, fear is, or I mean, um, intimacy is really a bigger risk than sex. Because, you know, you can really go out and have sex with anyone and then be able to walk away and be done. Um, with intimacy, though, you're giving people um, a real part of yourself. And so, yeah, it's a bigger barrier, but this is what I would encourage people to do. Is when someone comes up against something that they're afraid of, then just ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? And then when that answer comes up, ask yourself again, okay, if that happens, what's the worst that can happen? And pretty soon you keep doing that and you realize that whatever your fear is, is a bunch of bullshit anyway. <laughs> and it is funny pointing out that the notion of, well, it was just sex. You didn't mean anything. Yeah, it, it, it's easy to just blow off sex. It's hard to blow off intimacy. And that big, you know, especially for a man to confess that, I really like that girl I met for the one night stand. You know, it's like, no, it means nothing. And that's, it's, it's an easier act to carry on. It is, um, you know, it's, we certainly, depending on what our feeling is into going into a sexual interaction, we can leave all feelings aside. You can't do that when you're creating some sort of intimacy with people. And again, I want to stress that intimacy doesn't mean sex. So we, we can be intimate with friends and neighbors and family and, and sexual partners as well. Absolutely. Well, when I give someone a handshake, I like to take their hand and then put my other hand over their hand. Now, that's a really intimate handshake. But did anybody get hurt in that? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Not at all. It's not the but it creates more of a connection between Cool, cool. So you should you should go to the White House and teach the proper etiquette of intimate handshaking. Um, yeah, I probably won't be allowed at the White House, but. <laughs> <laughs> Although that 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 one handshake that that you know President Macron from from France, you know, it's like 
Now he, you know, when just when Trump was wanting to disengage, he held him and you know made him know it's yeah. like no, this, this is serious. This is this is something intimate yeah. that we need to be serious about mm-hmm. this relationship. Yeah, I've never I've never seen so many articles and headlines about a single handshake as that. <laughs> right. But what? How, how transformative would it be uh-huh. to, to go to Congress and have everyone do the naked in front of a mirror trick or you know? <laughs> I'd love to see that. (laughs) Maybe let's talk about that part. part. Let's do the heart hug. Let's teach the heart hug first. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's start the heart hug and then we'll go to the full length mirror. (laughs) That's their homework when they go home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that would become the house of horrors at that point. Well, not, well, here we go. I would know. Are we taking part in body shaming by saying that, right? Right. We are. We are. We are. And I said, I said that very. Yeah, that's true. That's we true. Exactly. See, I caught myself, and we caught ourselves there. Yeah, because it could be a beautiful thing. I just. Yeah. It could absolutely be a beautiful thing. So, are there yeah. are other are there other exercises or or strategies beyond the mirror, beyond beginning? Well, it, it all begins with self-love, I find, in, in anything. But are there other things you can share, Jody, about uh, techniques or next steps to help people to, to open up to more intimate lifestyles or relationships? Absolutely. You know, especially in this day and age where we're, um, you know, we're connected to our phones and we're connected to the TV and everything else. The biggest thing is to be present. And so if you can um, have some moments of real presence in your relationship, um, sit down with your significant other and just completely let everything go and make sure that you two have dedicated time to where all you're going to do is be present with each other. It doesn't matter what's going to be said. Don't talk about, you know, the problems in the house or the problems with the job or anything. Just sit there. And even if you say absolutely nothing at all, take five minutes and say, I'm just going to be present with you right now. And then switch and let that person be completely present with you for a full five minutes. Just focus on nothing but that person. Mm, you know, it's interesting because my husband and I actually do that quite a lot. You know, um, we, you know, we're, we're both very, very busy. But, you know, once, once he gets home, um, there's at the very least, you know, the last 30 minutes before we go to bed, time that we just sit and are present with each other. And that's especially true where we have, a, you know, we have one day a week that is exclusively ours. And we may invite others, you know, for our family and friends to join us in that time. But it is a day that is exclusively ours. And it is, as far as we're concerned, that's non-negotiable. It's our time. You know, that's awesome because I think, you know, we'll say, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. But if you're too busy to spend just that simple 10 minutes with each other, Mm -hmm. 
then think about all the hours that you're going to spend in splitting a home and finding a new place to live and going through court with a divorce or whatever. I think that 10 minutes is a very cheap price to pay. <laughs> so true. So true. And that amount of time used to exist naturally in, in our lifestyles before we had the devices and the distractions and the 900 channels of TV and all that stuff, right? There's, there's no... Oh, I did. Or is there yet? Is there an intimacy app? Well, there are some, but... <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, one of the, one of the things I teach is, um, which is an actual very... It's a beautiful practice, but there's actually an ohm to learn this intimacy technique. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm not really a big fan of using an app for intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> it left our own devices. I'd venture to say that really intimacy is very natural to us. That, I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch what you said. No, left to our own devices, I would say that intimacy is a very natural thing for all human beings. Well, I think so. I think if we were to um, look at a person maybe that was completely secluded for a period of time, I think the first thing that they would seek out would probably be human touch. Yeah. I'm not a sociologist, but that—that that is my opinion. <laughs> um, actually, it's funny because there are there are studies done by sociologists that show that's exactly what people who have been in isolation go for is that human touch. So you're spot on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think it is. It's it, like like all the blocks we've talked about. It's societal teaching to get us away from our natural state, our natural inclinations. Like every baby's born loving their body and being amazed by it, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they even, um, babies are known to even masturbate in the womb. And so they even look for that intimacy with themselves, even from that point. And so, you know, that's a simple self-love kind of thing. And you know, to touch on actually masturbation one more time, because I know people throw a fit when I bring up that. But, you know, and a person that actually learns healthy practices um, along the, the lines of masturbation, they actually get rid of the addictions and things like that because they actually learn to love themselves and they learn a new respect for masturbation and what that is. But we do, again, we have to focus on self-love and self-intimacy before we can spread that outward. Indeed. And Indeed. Always, Louise Hay has always taught that if you have a headache, masturbate, and that clears your headache too. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the hormones that are released um, during masturbation or sex can actually release pain. So the, the stereotypical bad sitcom of the 50s excuse of not tonight, honey, I have a headache, like the sex would get rid of that headache. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, it reminds me of a comment that a friend of mine made one time about the whole headache thing. <laughs> but I'll share that offline. <laughs> <laughs> you have an intimacy block there, my friend. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll just say it right out. <laughs> He's like, one time, you know, his, his wife was like, oh, I have a headache. A headache. He's like, that's okay. I don't want to fuck your head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would work as well. But no, <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, but it just made me laugh. <laughs> you know, on um, on the note of intimacy. Um, there has been um, a lot of new technology and such that's coming out um, that really teaches uh, like massage between couples. But it's something that we don't really practice. Um, you know, we think of a massage as either you go see a professional or um, it's like, oh, honey, do I really have to do this? And we look at it as kind of a, a chore and something that's going to take a lot of effort. But there's actually some beautiful massage techniques that you can practice within a couple um, that are non-stressing, non-taxing, but they create a beautiful intimacy between the two of you. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about intimate massage, non-sexual massage. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right, so it, touch for the sake of touch. No ulterior motive. Absolutely, and going into it with that being a clear boundary, um, there's no expectations from this so that you can both just be present with it. Do men sometimes have challenges respecting those boundaries? Um, I think it depends um, both on the, in, the intent of both people going into it. Mm -hmm. um, if they're both clear that this is a boundary, mm -hmm. um, then I don't really see that there's issues with it. Gotcha. Um, if it goes into a situation where either party is going, yeah, this isn't going to turn into sex, wink, 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 well, then you already know that's not going to work out. <laughs> right, right. But you have to go with it right intent and set those clear boundaries right away and honor each other that you're going to keep that boundary. That makes sense. I love that. So what, what other ways, how does the ability to be more intimate, how does it enhance any, anyone's life beyond relationships, beyond, beyond sexual um, activity as well? Does it, does it affect other areas of life? It absolutely does. Um, because um, intimacy, um, and let's take it to the physical touch. Um, but the touch can um, release a lot of different hormones that can help in our health. Um, but just think how this can um, move out to business as well, which of course 
um, affects our finances. But what if you learn how to be really present with someone and um, you know really show them an intimacy in that way? Let's say you're in customer service then when you can show an intimate bond with that person, a completely non-sexual, non-personal, just being present with that person, how you could diffuse a situation in customer service. I mean, if you're a salesperson and you're truly present and you're there, the person isn't going to feel like you're just after their money. They're going to feel like you really care about them, which is going to increase your sales. So yes, in every arena of our life, intimacy is going to have a huge impact. Cool. And now you really didn't think of it that it can enhance, again, every relationship, not just your personal relationships or, you know, the, the person you spend five minutes with, that, that brief relationship or a sales relationship or work relationship, all of that can be enhanced by, by our own uh, comfort with and willingness to be intimate. Right. Well, I'll take a situation where um, this guy that I had met once, um, he saw a lot of the things I did. He, he saw me in some personal interactions and stuff and expressed um, interest in really getting to know me. Well, then we had an opportunity to sit down and talk one day. And all of a sudden, he's distracted by something else while we're in mid-conversation. So he broke that intimate connection between us. And then, you know, he reaches out again and says, you know, I'd like to take you out to coffee and get to know you better. My answer was, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you broke our intimacy there in, in breaking off a conversation with me. I'm, I'm not going to give you a chance to continue breaking that intimacy with me. Yeah, true. I've, I've been guilty of that myself at times. You know, if I'm like, for instance, at a conference or something and I, you know, there's people who, who are coming by that I know and I'm saying hi and so forth. I, you know, it's, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's a commitment that I made to myself recently. And that is to be more present, especially in a crowd, especially where there might be a bunch of people mm -hmm. that I might know and want to say hello to and so forth. If I'm engaged in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody in that particular moment to block them out and, you know, the option, the only option at mm -hmm. that particular point is to be fully present and engaged with that one person, having an intimacy with that one person. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Well, and that's an interesting um, thing to bring up, too, because you don't want to ignore the other people. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that's a good time to take that, that person's hand in both of your hands so that they know that you're still present with them. And then turn around and say, Jane, it's so great to see you. I can't wait to catch up sometime. But then that person that you're with still knows that you're present. Mm, that's a great, a great technique. So, see, I'm glad I, I mentioned that. Yeah, that really is great. And uh, so we're, we're getting to uh, an hour into this. So before we get too much further, Jody, how, how can people best connect with you, track you down, learn more about working with you? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, you can go to um, find me on Facebook, um, Jody Bailey, 
or um, my company's called The Erotic Life. Um, you can email me at jodybaileyspeaks at gmail.com. Um, so I'll just give out those arenas. Any of those you could actually connect with my phone number. Um, I prefer that somebody sends me a message, um, either Facebook or, or email. Um, there's going to, especially because now there's some really huge ha things happening in my world, and so um, I, I'm going to be having to do a lot more things in the middle of the night to respond back to people. <laughs> so if I may really quickly, I would like to talk about a couple of those things just really briefly. Sure, sure. Um, well, one of the things um, that's coming up locally in the Salt Lake market is um, the Divorce Cafe. I'm going to be one of the professionals that will be a part of that that has a lot of resources for people um, that will be going through divorce. Um, another thing is um, I was mentioning some new technology coming out. There is a device coming out that's called the Hive. Um, right now, I'm one of um, just a handful of instructors in the whole world, um, but I'm the only one that has a device right now, and so it's a device that was really designed for women's sexual health, but it is a wonderful device that couples can use together to create intimacy. That's really wonderful. And also, um, once again, locally, is I'm going to be bringing um, a $30 million erotic art exhibit here to the Salt Lake Market, but that's going to be a traveling exhibit at some point. And so hopefully I'll be visiting other areas as well with the exhibit. So a lot of exciting things going on. Oh, very cool. Oh, I should also, you know, jump in really quick and mention your podcast as well, Jody. You also have a podcast, the Erotic Life Podcast, that uh, you do. That's a weekly podcast, right? That is, um, and that is, it is called the Erotic Life, and it's on SoundCloud. So definitely, people can find me there. I also have a blog on WordPress that's also called the Erotic Life. Wonderful. So your life is rather erotic. It is erotic. It's about living a life turned on. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. Living a life turned on. Cool. Well, uh, I'm going to say you are very turned on. Uh, <laughs> this has been a, a, a fun conversation <laughs> and, and really a, a fun way to, to bring National Masturbation Month to a close. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I do want to thank you for, for joining us. Thank you, Apio. Thank you for everyone joining us live. Um, Real Men Feel will be live again next Tuesday, June 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be joined by combat vet and healer Mike Marshausen to discuss spirituality for men. So until then, uh, keep loving yourself. Keep getting intimate with yourself and others. You know, um, Choose boundaries, not barriers, right? And uh, visit realmenfeel.org. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, keep listening to the podcast and check out the Erotic Life podcast with Jody. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Have a great night, folks. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org, join the Real Men Feel group on Facebook, and share what you thought of this show. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, 
Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com. Is your prostate waking you up more often than your alarm clock? The fact is, the older you get, the more likely you'll have prostate problems, which can affect your everyday life. That's where Prostate Complete by Real Health comes in. Prostate Complete is the result of 20 years of experience as a leader in men's health. The powerful formula in Prostate Complete supports natural prostate function and reduced urinary urges for a better quality of life. Available at Walmart. Visit ProstateOnePerDay.com for special offers. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.